0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Knute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have details on the USDA May Wazi report. Also, we'll talk about the 2021 Census of Agriculture. And up first in today's country comment, Dane Fraze with Manitoba Agriculture will join us to talk about this week's crop report. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Manitoba Agriculture released its first crop report of the season this week. I got the details from oilseed specialist Dane Fraze. It's been a
1: rough spring for many farmers. I mean, we started off with a very dry uh, 2021, moved into a winter with above-normal precipitation, and then a a long and delayed snow melt, uh, followed by successive Colorado lows that have kept soils near saturated uh, since the beginning of April. And as a result, seeding progress has been very limited, really only starting in a couple spots in the western half of Manitoba. And we're just seeing a few farmers scratch the ground now and trying to shoot between the rain clouds.
0: Yeah, I guess um, talk a bit about the flooding and um, with the road closures and how that's impacting uh, farmers.
1: Overland flooding is not uncommon in Manitoba. We have had floods before, and we certainly know where water pools in fields and ditches along roadways. Um, It doesn't help when those floodwaters come very quickly and coupled with heavy rains that then wash out municipal roads and and provincial highways and and make access difficult to fields and that sort of thing. Uh, So that could, uh, those infrastructure woes could delay farmer access to fields. However, we're seeing um, many of those repairs being made as rapidly as possible.
0: Are we seeing farmers considering, uh, you know, changing their seeding plans there's always some uh, talk
1: of that, even in a normal year. We do see some farmers uh, look at those things as soon as some adversity pops up. However, we do see that most crops have fairly substantial yields and still remain in the high-yield range potential if they are seeded uh, before the third week of May and then certainly before the first week of June. Um, so there will be some acres switched out of maybe some long-season sunflowers, long-season corn, maybe some longer-season soybeans. However, if we get into the ground in the next three to four days, I don't expect those changes to be too dramatic, um, but there certainly will be some, uh, and depending on on the future forecast, that will impact how much more canola or wheat we see.
0: We have seen some uh, potato acres go in, right?
1: That's right. Mostly in the Carberry to Shiloh area, uh, areas that were a little bit drier to start with, and... um, Ground was a little more workable. We saw some of those potato acres go in. However, there has been a start uh, in the Winkler area. So we are just starting to see that happening
0: now. All right. And um, for people who, um, you know, do view the crop report here, talk about there's a few changes here this year. Tell us a little bit about some of the some of the formatting changes.
1: That's right. We um, had a lot of really great producer feedback and industry feedback over the past year. And we started implementing many of those changes, um, making the formatting of the crop report a little more visually appealing and uh, structuring it in such a way that we talk about um, issues that arise by commodity. We'll focus on things that pertain to cereals, pertain to oilseeds, and pertain to pulses, as well as forages and livestock, and try to reduce some of the duplication from each of the regional sections. When we go through the report, there are still comments specific to the five regions, southwest, northwest, central, interlake, and eastern, but those comments then are specific to that region, and we don't want to double up and make it uh, more time-consuming or something that's less appealing to read.
0: Any other highlights that you wanted to mention, or
1: no? Our progress is very limited, but uh, let's not rub salt in the wound, I guess. And we know that farmers can seed very, very quickly as soon as conditions allow. Uh, generally, um, farmers can seed about twenty-five percent of the crop in Manitoba. Any given week on a good week. Uh, But given the time crunch, I expect that we will see that number rise rapidly as soon as uh, farmers are able to get in the field.
0: That was Dane Fraze with Manitoba Agriculture going over this week's crop reports. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon. I'm Corey Knut, The president and CEO of Patterson Global Foods is one of 12 Manitobans chosen to receive the Order of Manitoba. In a news release, the province says Andrew Patterson has demonstrated a significant commitment to the province. In addition to the economic impact of PGF headquarters, he served for nine years as chair of the Cancer Care Manitoba Foundation, funded the Red River College Culinary Program and the Urban Circle Training Centre supporting Indigenous students. Patterson served 14 years as Honorary Colonel of the Fort Gary Horse, assisting military personnel and their families. The formal investiture ceremony is scheduled to be held July 14th at the Legislative Building. This week's crop report says provincial seeding progress sits at less than 1% complete, behind the five-year average of 21%. Dane Fraze is with Manitoba Agriculture. It's been a
1: rough spring for many farmers. I mean, we started off with a very dry uh, 2021 moved into a winter with above-normal precipitation, and then a a long and delayed snow melt, uh, followed by successive Colorado lows that have kept soils near-saturated since the beginning of April. And as a result, seeding progress has been very limited, really only starting in a couple spots in the western half of Manitoba. And we're just seeing a few farmers scratch the ground now and trying to shoot between the rain clouds.
0: The province announced a disaster financial assistance program this week. Bill Campbell is president of Keystone Agricultural Producers.
2: Well, I think it's um, gratifying to note that the Manitoba government recognized and acknowledged the impacts of the recent weather events for agriculture and other sectors as well. Uh, And so we're appreciative that the Manitoba infrastructure announced this disaster financial assistance program at this time.
0: And yesterday, Minister of Agriculture and Agri-Food Marie-Claude Bibeau announced an investment of over $543,000 to support efforts by the Canadian Meat Council to grow Canada's red meat exports. With funding under the Agri-Marketing Program, the CMC will implement a global market strategy that aims to maintain existing markets and identify new opportunities to diversify trade. In collaboration with the Canadian Port Council and the Canadian Cattlemen's Association, the CMC is undertaking activities such as trade advocacy missions, engaging with in-market intelligence specialists, and arranging inspection visits by international officials to demonstrate compliance with food safety standards for export. That was a look at today's Farm News. I'm Corey Knut. <laughs> Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Thursday, May 12th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll have details on the 2021 Census of Agriculture. Statistics Canada released data from the 2021 Census of Agriculture this week. I got some of the details from Paulo Lobo. He's the unit head for the Census of Agriculture.
3: The Census of Agriculture... uh actually it's uh, launching day at the same time as the census of population so um in uh, 2021 um all farm operators with uh, agricultural production would have been sent a um, questionnaire and uh, we are very much uh paperless uh for the most part these days so it's an in, in electronic form- format and um Asking them a bunch of questions on their actual operations. Uh, what do they produce? What do they have? Uh, land holdings, uh, employees, um, the type of uh, marketing they do, whether or not they do organic, um, things of nature of, such as renewable energy, uh, land practices, the type of uh, technology, um, and um, also um, sustainability. Uh, So there is quite a number of of topics, um, including as well, uh, environment, which, you know, sometimes uh, we almost forget, but uh, it's quite important as well. So all of these um, uh, topics are covered under the census of agriculture, and they would have received that um, at the same timing as the census of population. That's that's the way I like to explain it. It keeps it more uh, simple. So the cycle is every five years. And um, similar to the uh, census of, of population, it has to go through all the, the formal approvals um, through the, the government and the Treasury Board and all of
0: that. Wanted to, I guess, just dig into some of the numbers here. Um, wanted to talk a little bit about, I guess, the overall the the number of farms. Can you can you fill us in? You know, nationally, you know, what we saw in, in terms of uh, farm numbers.
3: Yes, of course. So uh, the f- number of farms actually for this census cycle. Uh, came out at uh, 189,874 farms. Um, what's important about that number is that uh, it's actually the smallest decline in 25 years. So it, it registered just under 2% at 1.9% uh, decline. Um, so that's quite um, interesting, because you know, um, in, in a 25-year span, um, that's been the smallest uh, decline uh, in terms of general. Uh, trends. Um, so 65%, um, so about two-thirds of um, all farm operations can be found in three provinces. So those provinces are Ontario, Alberta, and Saskatchewan. Uh, Ontario would account for about 25%, uh, Alberta 22% and Saskatchewan at
0: 18%. Would you have a breakdown um, for the prairie provinces, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba on the uh, on the number of farms there?
3: So for for Manitoba, um, for 2021 uh, census, you're looking at 14,553 farms operations. And uh, if you want to know historically how that compares in 2016, you would have been looking at 14,791. So uh, a very small decline.
0: All right. And uh, Saskatchewan? Uh,
3: So in Saskatchewan, for uh, 2021 census, you're looking at 34,149 farm operations. So for 2016, uh, it would have been 34,523 farm operations. So again, you're looking at a very small decline.
0: And uh, just to wrap things up on this one here, um, uh, if we can get Alberta as well. Of
3: course. So for Alberta, uh, for the 2021 cycle, uh, you're looking at 41,558 farm operations. And uh, in how it compares to 2016. In 2016, it would have been uh, 40,638 operations.
0: All right. Um, Another um, issue here I wanted to talk about was uh, farmer age. Um, You know, what uh, nationally, what what did we see in terms of um, uh, farmer age?
3: Well, that's also quite a a great question um, because uh, the age trends uh, do vary uh, as we look from coast to coast. The coast. So uh, farmers are uh, older in the east, uh, younger in the west prairies. Uh, in terms of uh, national uh, trends, what we're seeing is average age uh, is at 56 years. So that's an increase of uh, one year over the previous census cycle in 2016. In terms of median age, we're looking at uh, 58 years. So that's an increase of two years uh, from the previous census um in terms of other trends that we're seeing there is uh, older operators uh, age 55 years um, of age or older um, there's uh, it's now registering at 60.5 percent so that's a six percent point uh, increase um, in terms of uh, the other spectrum looking at young operators uh, it's 8.6 percent it's down slightly from uh, 9.1 percent that was uh, registered in 2016 census cycle. What else can I tell you here about age? Um, operators aged um, from 35 to 54 um, are roughly account for 31.9%, and operators younger than uh, 35 is um, is 8.9%. I
0: wanted to talk a little bit about, um, I guess the crops. Uh, you know, canola remain the top crop acreage in in Canada. Um, can you fill us on, I guess, on, on some of the numbers there? I guess that was canola was the, was the top crop back in 2016 as well. Is that right? Uh,
3: so uh, if we're looking at uh, canola, uh, that that is correct. So uh, from the previous uh, census cycle, so from 2016 to 2021, uh, what we've noticed is uh, just a, a, an increase of over 8%. Um, in terms of uh, allocation, or if, if we're looking at uh, specific provinces, I, I, I gather you'd be interested again for the prairie provinces, Manitoba, yeah. Saskatchewan, Alberta, yeah. um, so we, looking at historically, um, they all um, are very close to that national level, uh, so you have Alberta that's over 8%, Saskatchewan that's over 8%, and Manitoba uh, is registering just under 7% uh, increases.
0: That was Paulo Lobo, Unit Head for the Census of Agriculture. Stats Canada released details from the 2021 Census of Agriculture this week. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada has established an e-commerce resource hub where Canadian agri-food companies can access resources to take advantage of global opportunities to sell products online. The sessions conclude June 6th. Each week covers a different topic. You can register on the Manitoba Agriculture website. The 2022 Spring Farmers Market Coordinator Gathering is planned for tomorrow in Winnipeg. The gathering will include workshops, lunch, solution mill, as well as time to connect with fellow coordinators. Get all the details with Direct Farm Manitoba. And Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is putting on a fence and water solutions workshop June 1st. The cost is $30 and you can register on the MFGA website. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon, the USDA released its May WASDE report this morning. Dan Bossie is president of Egg Resource Company in Chicago.
2: The report was non-bearish. Maybe that's the best way to state it. Uh, there wasn't any glaring surprises though the USDA put headlines out that Indeed, it's going to struggle like the rest of us, trying to understand the uh, Russian aggression against Ukraine, the war, if you will, and what it means to trade from the Black Sea. That being said, they, uh, they put the U.S. wheat crop at 1.729 billion bushels. Uh, that's going to be, of course, uh, uh, you know, it's a, a production number that's up from last year, but end stocks are projected at 619 million bushels. That's down from last year's 655 the us farm price for wheat is a record high 1075 a bushel never before has the us seen such a farm gate price and the same on corn they put the us farm gate price at 675 a bushel uh, also a record high at least for the may report now as we move over to the uh, the corn market and look at what uh, stocks and seedings were doing over there of course the us The a big surprise as they did drop their corn yields from 181 bushels an acre that was a record large down to 177. So, we're now looking at around a 14.4 uh, uh, billion bushel US corn crop. That's down over 600 million bushels from last year with US corn end stocks at 1.3 billion. So, standing back from it all, uh, if corn is not making in the ground quick enough, maybe that yield total needs to be down closer to 175. We could also envision where maybe a million acres in Minnesota and those flooded areas of North Dakota and South Dakota somehow uh, do not get seeded and enter the prevent plant program. That would take corn end stocks closer to a billion bushels. Uh, As we look at soybeans, uh, very close to expectations, are also a record large crop over 4.6 billion planted acreage, being 91 million yield unchanged at 51.5, and there they gave us end stocks of 310 million bushels. That's up about 70 million bushels from where we are right now. Uh, The soybean price for the upcoming year put at $1,440 a bushel basis, a farm-gated cash average. That is also a record, at least for the May report. So uh, farm income has seen quite strong in the U.S. on high crop prices. Though, again, as you stand back and report, uh, we know that we can't see any additionality in terms of losses from summer weather, or we will see even higher prices. The market will probably stay well-supported until we know U.S. corn yield and soybean yield down the road. And until we get spring wheat and at least some of those other spring crops planted across the northern plains, report generally taken as bullish by the market. But again, uh, weather will be the key in weeks to follow. Uh, back to you, Corey.
0: Have we seen uh, much seeding in the U.S. yet?
2: We have. We are finally getting at the seeding here in the last couple of days. Farmers probably through Sunday will be down. Will be done to about forty-two to forty-five percent of their corn crop, meaning that. Half the crop will be planted after the optimal dates, uh, though on spring wheat planting we're probably closer to 35 or 37%, really struggling to get seed in the ground in the Dakotas in particular in Minnesota. So that's a big area to be watching. On soybeans, uh, we think we're closer to 33 to 34%, moving along but still well, well behind. And uh, when you get crops that are late planted, boy, we need just near perfect summer weather if we're going to reach trendline yields.
0: That was Dan Bossie, president of Egg Resource Company in Chicago. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Seeding in the U.S. has amped up over the past couple of days. Dan Bossie is president of Egg Resource Company in Chicago.
2: We are finally getting at the seeding here in the last couple of days. Farmers probably through Sunday will be done to about 42 to 45 percent of their corn crop, meaning that Half the crop will be planted after the optimal dates, uh, though on spring wheat planting, we're probably closer to 35 or 37%, really struggling to get seed in the ground in the Dakotas, in particular in Minnesota. So that's a big area to be watching. On soybeans, uh, we think we're closer to 33 to 34%, moving along, but still well, well behind. And uh, when you get crops that are late planted, boy, we need just near perfect summer weather if we're going to reach trendline yields.
0: Very few farmers in Manitoba have scratched the surface so far this spring. Bill Campbell is president of Keystone Agricultural Producers.
2: It's a very difficult process to be patient and wait when you want to get going and and know that an earlier seeding date provides you with greater opportunity for yield potential. So uh, it's a bit of a struggle, but I think we just have to uh, wait until conditions, you know, soil conditions are right, uh, soil temperature is right, so we can, the crop can emerge as quickly as possible.
0: Floodwaters have damaged many roads across the province. Dane Fraze with Manitoba Agriculture talked about the impact on farmers.
1: Overland flooding is not uncommon in Manitoba. We have had floods before and we certainly know where water pools in fields and ditches along roadways. It doesn't help when those floodwaters come very quickly and coupled with heavy rains that then wash out municipal roads and and provincial highways and and make access difficult to fields and that sort of thing. Those infrastructure woes could delay farmer access to fields. However, we're seeing um, many of those repairs being made as rapidly as
0: possible. And Sustainable Development Technology Canada has announced an investment of $5 million to support the scale-up of ALICE, a program for rural communities that promotes on-farm nature-based solutions to create resilience across Canada. ALICE is a Canadian not-for-profit organization focused on helping farmers and ranchers build nature-based solutions on their land through ground-up community-based programs that produce, enhance, and maintain ecosystem services. ALICE operates in rural communities across Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Ontario, Quebec, and Prince Edward Island. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll hear from Manitoba beef producers, General Manager Carson Callum. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow, starting at 12 noon.